0: Hi, Carla. That's what we call you, listener. This episode is part two of our conversation discussing LGBTQ. In this part, we celebrate a nonprofit that was not canceled and the tools they use to survive wokeism. And we address how it's the truth, not the tone or lack of love, that triggers people. So buckle up.
1: maybe it came across too aggressive
2: Ta-da. Ta-da. we've got the best we get the best yeah. most pleasant little theme song opening jingle it's not really a theme song but i have to stop eating my chips i try pumice.
0: to choose a whimsical one i'm stress eating so cute no
1: no, why you're also you, pregnant
0: why are you yeah. stressed uh, i don't know I, I was telling marlo when we'd stop and took our break i think i've just been needing a good cry lately <laughs> this is part
2: two of a discussion about um, the LGBT agenda in honor of Pride Month. We just recorded one half hour episode and now we have another. And by way of an introduction, I would like to play you guys this. It's just a minute because it's on TikTok. It's one minute. A whole minute. Well, we, we don't necessarily have no, to I'm listen kidding. to the whole thing. I'm kidding. But um, it's very, it, it, I don't know. I, it needs no introduction. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna play this.
3: Guess what, my patience has run out. Pansexuality is not inherently biphobic. They are both valid sexualities, both of them. (laughs) And while yes, I have seen pansexual people use that label for questionable reasons, They pretty quickly get it once you explain things to them. Just explain things. And not only that, but do you know who likes to use specific or micro labels? Neurodivergent people. Sometimes we just have to do whatever we can to feel safe and comfortable. And using a more specific label can be our outlet for that. If you took all that energy you spend calling people biphobic and saying they're performing bi erasure and just educated them, there would be less (laughs) biphobia. There would be less bi erasure. Because you've explained it and people will know the difference. I've had it
2: with you guys. That was edited, by the way. Was ah, <laughs> there was the swear
1: yes, word in I there.
0: need more explanation then. <laughs> I have to go get myself things. But as we were watching that, I kept thinking, what is that? What does that mean? Right. What is right. that? That guy, by the way, was oh, the
2: wearing like intentionally dripping mascara under or um, eyeliner under his eyes, and like this white out makeup otherwise, and oh my, um, nose ring, and all of that spiky hair. So, um,
3: well, what's funny is they they say it's it's they call it a phobia. It's like no, I just don't agree with what you're no, doing. I literally
2: played that precisely because he used so many nonsense made up words that didn't even exist
1: three years ago. <laughs> Well, he was actually criticizing a whole other branch of the LGBT community right. Right. for being phobic against that stance. And it's right. like, oh my goodness, they're devouring themselves. Right. For mm-hmm. those who actually did
2: oh, yeah. glean a little bit from that, yes, Megan is right. He was actually saying some people in the LGBT community are upset by the trans community's presence there because as we've pointed out before if you say that you are attracted to the same gender but then also say gender is a construct then that's incompatible and so that's what that rant was really about but really I was just interested in sharing it because I think it's so funny that language is evolving at such a rapid pace oh my gosh that guy is not even speaking English anymore no and it's just funny like there's subtitles in the video but it doesn't help at all
3: I wish I knew, um, so I've been listening to the briefing with Albert moler Albert moler And um, so Careful he's Careful got... with old Al, by the way. Oh, really? I mean, go on. So far, it's been good. <laughs> well, anyways, he, he kind of deconstructs. Um, my baby's right he kind of deconstructs what's going on in the media. So he kind of breaks down media biases and kind of explains them. But I thought he did it because you were talking about how language has changed so much. And it used to be when you were tr- when you were transitioning to a new gender that it was, Gender, oh shoot, what was it? It was. um, Gender
2: reassignment surgery? Yes. So you're,
3: you're, you're, that in itself says you are changing genders. Now the verbiage has changed to gender alignment surgery. So now you are aligning how you feel inside with your physical appearance. You're you're changing it to the correct version of what you should be.
2: The sub connotation there being that before it was suggesting that you're um, getting something. Some sort of repair worked Well, let's see how how was it before? Reassignment was like you were assigned something at birth, and now you're trying to fight against that. Whereas now you're aligning it as it
3: should have been all along from the very beginning. God made a mistake with you, yeah. So, anyways, plug for his podcast. Maybe maybe listen discerningly. Yeah, but so far
2: it's just he's he's one of the presidents. uh, He's. A president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Oh yes, yes. And so the Southern Baptist Convention has got some some real struggles right now with mm. um, wokeness, and which direction are they going to go? They're at a real crossroads right oh, now. Oh wow! Um, I so, would not
1: expect that from the Baptist community. Oh
2: yeah, Southern Baptist community. Oh, I don't know the difference. Well, and I don't really know either, except that they have conventions Who and. Does? Um, if you guys all borrow fault lines from me, Vody does a really great job outlining it because he's a Southern Baptist preacher and was actually at the convention when they were voting on, um, how to deal with critical race theory and social justice theology. And actually he was one of the signers of the Dallas statement, which was, uh, put out in 2017, I think, which was really just like this, this big, um, paper outlining beliefs about social justice and why what's being said about it is not strictly true all the time and how it's sort of how it does align with the gospel but also the very very serious places where it's intentionally undermining the gospel and so the dallas statement was really made waves probably four years ago and um if you haven't actually looked at it or heard anything about the scuttlebutt around it i don't know where you've been but you can maybe check it out now and and kind of learn more or you could read Vody Bauckham's fault lines.
3: There you go. You um, want to be hated.
2: <laughs> so so anyway, all of that to Speaking say, of hate. <laughs> I was bringing, I brought up that TikTok and the, the verbiage used in that TikTok because I think language is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, if, if nobody else has anything to add to the biphobic, neurodiverse, um, exclusionary, I
0: don't even remember. <gasps> so many words. <laughs> So many big words. I'm just gonna start adding "by" in front of things, and maybe I'll get maybe I'll get close. Oh, pansexual. That was the other one. Mm. Pansexual, pansexual.
2: They are both valid gender uh, assignments. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what he said. Um,
0: but sexuality They're not gender.
3: Well, oh yeah, valid. Whenever you get,
2: do you want us to do some? Yeah, if you've got something to add to that, now's a good chance because I have something else I'm going to add. Later.
3: Well, it was more on the, along the lines of um, I had seen something on Instagram about somebody who was trying to use their uh, use particular Bible verses in Genesis to talk about um, binary and like non-binary type stuff, and I know Megan had a, a Bible verse that she was going to share, but I thought it was interesting. Let me see if I can find it. I mean, neither is male nor female. Right, it's that whole thing. Yeah, talking about oh well, God created the day in this or like light oh. and night, but there's but in between there we have sunsets and sunrises and and so they're just trying to. Oh, yeah. use, it's a spectrum. And the chick is um, like,
0: some people are born without one leg.
3: Right, and then okay, she yeah. brings those you know people like that into it. People who actually have an issue where they've been born with a uterus and a penis, like peop- yeah. those people who who can't help their situation, whereas there's other people who are choosing, yeah, yeah. you know, who are confused or, you know, whatever. I read it, I'm assuming, from your story. Probably. And it's, they use, sharing They things. use
0: the verse, he made them male and female, he made them, but they are refuting that by saying, it also says that he made specifically day and night, mm. but we see that day and night can be sort of a spectrum based on the time of day there's sunrise there's sunset
3: it doesn't there's dusk. say
0: sunrise and sunset by the way
2: no, no, no it doesn't
3: no, no, that's not in the Bible. Bible. but <laughs> they're saying that in between in there between. that it's that it's a um scale right. so you've As, got light spectrum. and dark and then there's everything in between justifying that you're not just female male or, or male, male you're also anything in between Saying that there's an in-between. And
0: she's saying that that's not really how it works, like we just said. It's not a great argument. And so then they also were using, I think the term is uh, hermaphrodite. Maybe that's not polite anymore. That's not politically
2: correct anymore, but yeah. Mm. But
0: that's the term. And so people were also saying, see, that's how we also know that God doesn't make Doesn't make just male and female. And she was also thwarting that saying, well, that's an extreme example and also an anomaly. And we also know people born with only one leg, but we would still say that humans as a whole are are bipedal. (gasps) Bi? Humans are bipedal. Um, and so just, it was just saying, <laughs> I'm okay. excited about that. I, I will confess, like
2: all of the minutia of these arguments, I think they're important for people to try out for themselves so that they can experience them and go through line by line with scripture and things like that. But honestly, if you are arguing logic, like trying to argue logically with people who have this mindset, you're already losing in most cases. Mm-hmm. They are not logical people and they're not even trying to be anymore they're actually in a lot of circles in academia they're arguing that logic itself is a white construct and if you demand objective truth um, or if you start referring there to is science, no objective truth that's whiteness well, that's even in christianity white assumptions that come from you know white um, conquest that cause you to think that there is such thing as objectivity in the first place. Well, even in
0: Christianity, I've been told several times, and I think so has um, Brent Hansen, our friend Brent Hansen, who's written a book, uh, where they say lean not He's on neurodivergent. Your, he is neurodivergent. Lean not on your own understanding. So the idea that we are using logic is somehow not from God, but that's man made. And I was actually told that. You're using man made logic. I'm saying
2: you're it's already like, starting from a different perspective than these people. Like the foundation itself is vastly different and if you're expecting them to be reasonable or logical or systematic or they're going to come to you with evidence and and a step-by-step you know what's what's the word in math when you used to go formula formula but like equation equation p p plus q you know Equals p plus q. Right. That's that's it. You mean okay. LGBTQ? I thought you weren't ah. gonna remember,
0: and I was gonna laugh. It's like we were homeschooled.
2: P, p plus q equals p plus q, or p plus plus q equals q plus p, because those are uh, inverse. In no, that's not it. What? K, starts with a C. Con, well, anyway. Oh, yeah. It's a word that starts with C. Yeah, but, I can't think of it. But we were homeschooled. I but, took algebra but twice. But you would also <laughs> say
0: that this, that the woman that um, you were polling from, that Marla was polling from, wasn't necessarily trying to use logic against those people, but it was for people like me and Marla. It was for
2: right. people who don't I'm, usually know what to say to those articles. I'm also saying mm. four people who are logical, but who don't yet know that the rest of the world is not logical. Right. Um, here is an article that you can... Can look into that, will be hopefully encouraging for you. It's by Grace Daniel on um, dailysignal.com. And the headline is My Woke Employees Tried to Cancel Me. Here's How I Fought Back and Saved My Nonprofit. I wow. don't hear this very often, no. right? Um, but this was just published yesterday as of this recording, it was yesterday. Ooh. Grace Daniels, the co-founder of a nonprofit that trains care providers to victims of trauma globally. She writes under a pseudonym. Oh, so grace is not actually her name. Okay. Um, not blame her
3: there, but she's <laughs> got a
2: nonprofit for people who are, have been the victims of abuse, um, and trauma. And, um, It starts out saying, by now there are enough cancel culture stories to fill volumes. After my own story about standing up to a woke mob and succeeding went viral on Twitter, I decided to speak out because I'm convinced that Americans need more encouraging stories about standing up to cancel culture and information on how they can do it themselves.
3: Oh, yes. So timely.
2: I'm bringing this particular article up now because she talks about language in it and how she had to study to get informed on the vocabulary that her woke employee started using. They're coming at her, maybe not as extreme as Mr. Eyeliner Guy that I opened with here Mm. with his ridiculous pansexuality and other stuff. But they were using things she had never heard before, and that was her first clue. I'm not in Kansas anymore. Mm. I need to do some research. Um, So she says, my husband and I were not acquainted with critical theory at the time of of when things started going.
3: (laughs) Okay. Uh Megan left the room. All Megan the, had to run out the door. All
0: the preschoolers just ran out the gate towards the burn pile. <laughs> well, Which okay, isn't lit, so don't worry. Yeah,
2: there's no fire, but kid regular's on it. Yep. <laughs> um, she says they didn't know what critical theory even was at the time, but she was hearing things like systems of power and oppression, and it was an indicator that there was a shared reality coming from the team members to which they were not privy. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. So she started initiating all team sessions to hear from the staff and discern what was happening. And that usually, what usually happened was the staff made vague assertions that the organization was causing harm. Oh, boy. Does this sound familiar? Our last episode. We, just we, talked, her, we talked about it in the last episode. Part one, y'all. And... Um, She said they would present a list of demands. I later came to understand these meetings were essentially struggle sessions, which is an opportunity for woke employees to shame us into submission, a technique that was often used in Mao's China. Hmm. Okay. So she started doing research into the ideology so that they could learn how to fight back against it. Hmm. Um, And she said, through my research, I came to realize that our staff were following critical theory. It's important to mention they did not mention that. Like, they didn't identify as critical theorists. Most don't. But um, basically they saw everything is divided into oppressor and oppressed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and the thing that I thought was most interesting is the way that they were using words and shifting the focus from logic and objectivity to identity and emotions
0: right things you can't really refute so
2: this is this is the pertinent part your woke assailants will accuse you of ineptitude the inability to perceive reality or even immorality based on your identity by which i mean by the characteristics you can't even change about yourself your identity can even disqualify you from talking about certain subjects Hmm. for example they will demand your silence in conversations about race if you are deemed white or even white adjacent. Did you know that was a term? How, what's the skin shade? To um, be white if adjacent? you are somebody who is per- perhaps, for example, Jewish oh. or Hispanic and you don't identify with the liberal woke ideology, they can accuse you of being white adjacent because so you're not very all, dark,
0: dark. Probably Asians too.
2: Yes, Asians is another example because mm-hmm. they do so well in college, historically and statistically, that they're often accused of being white adjacent. So why
0: isn't everybody else who's successful accused of being Asian? Why is everybody accused of being white? That's the whole, that's
3: a huge argument that's (laughs) happening right now because everyone's saying that if you're white, you have all these privileges (laughs) when a lot of the Asian Americans are excelling and they're actually being actually oppressed from college entry. There's a whole thing on the just thinking podcast with Virgil and Daryl love them Rachel also Walker
2: Daryl B Harrison yep.
3: they I was listening to their very long podcast a three hour one the other day and they talked about he said oh one of them I forget who said oh by the way race is has nothing to do with the melanin in your skin it is your blood it has and that's what's so funny about Eth- the no, not race or ethnicity, ethnicity. sorry no. your ethnicity is yeah. not about your skin color it's about your blood it's not about how much melanin is in your skin or not
2: they say very clearly on the just thinking podcast that we're all one race right we're all one blood and um we have one savior if we're christians and have accepted Christ, then we are um, all part of the same family. But he does acknowledge that there are different people groups throughout history right. who have had some things in common, mm-hmm. and you can maybe study them for statistical purposes. But all of that is the race branch of critical theory, critical race theory. Right. It's not just race. It's right. also, it also has to do with sexuality yes. and gender. Oh, I didn't know and that. so, um, for example. This identity-based gatekeeping... Oh, wait, wait, wait. First of all, they will suggest that you are white or even white adjacent, or they might suggest that you're doing harm or violence if you are, quote, cisgendered. That means you still identify as the gender that you were born. Okay. Okay, so that's us. We're all cisgendered. AKA and they will um, yeah. they will tell you to be quiet if you're cisgendered and you're attempting to engage in a conversation on gender identity. So even just listening to this podcast now, the fact that we are four cisgendered women having this conversation, there are many people who would say, you're not allowed to do that. You should just be quiet because you have
3: no right to talk. That's the same tactic they use when talking about abortion that they try to silence men with. Right, You're a man. You're not allowed to talk about this. It's not... It's not about you unless it's your child who is potentially being aborted. Right. They still don't want you to talk about it. Right. Well, no, but that's <laughs> so this one of their is, big arguments. This is all still from the same article on Daily Signal
2: um, by Grace Daniel. She says, This identity-based gatekeeping is a result of the presupposition in critical social justice that, that says all truth is positional. Therefore... Only those who have a certain social position, due to their identity, can even perceive or speak truth on topics related to this identity. And what we need to keep in mind is we can't take the bait. Don't take the bait and engage in self-defense. You will be eviscerated if you let the conversation become about you. Whoa. There goes Simon's so uh, high chair tray.
3: Don't worry. It was just a tray. Oh, I think Nico. not a baby. What's great about that is that she took the offensive approach. Yes. Yes. She had her ear to the ground, her I, finger to the pulse. But what did she do? I guess I'm okay. still so missing it like as yeah. to what she actually did.
1: Teach so she says, secret. don't get defensive. Okay, okay. Here's a great example. Sifu grace. When
2: I realized that an employee was attempting to control my behavior based on my identity I deflected by using her own woke moral code against her. She told me I couldn't speak on a topic because I'm straight. To which I replied, it's wrong to assume about my sexuality just because I'm married to a man. Ooh. She
1: immediately groveled. (laughs) It worked? Yeah.
2: Well, it was an office setting. It wasn't social media. Oh. So that's slightly different. People are usually more crazy on social media. Well, they also... Oh, that is a crying baby. There it goes.
3: We'll pause. Okay, I think
0: we're good
3: for a second. I I was going to say that I love that she used that because, see, I've wanted to say that before, and I'm like, is that giving into (laughs) their system of beliefs or is it just using it you know like where's the line i wasn't sure if i could do that
0: i've i've used that stuff usually what happens and again i've never done it in person i've only ever done it on social media normally you just get accused of they don't believe you and then they're like and you're You're mocking you're You're mean and it's like you don't. i would
2: say that if you are holding them to what they claim to believe that's very powerful and that's what people have done with christians for a long time which is why a lot of people ended up leaving the church because they realized they didn't know why they believed what they believed they just knew oh thou shalt not thou shalt not thou shalt not thou shalt and um people would be like well why and who are you to say that and you're not supposed to judge and christians would crumble because it's like oh i'm not even being consistent in my own worldview. i'm a hypocrite and so pointing out another person's hypocrisy with what they claim to believe is totally valid it's totally valid um, but Megan, <laughs> Megan asked, <clears throat> "What did what did they actually do to combat, you know, this the mm-hmm. wokeness?" And and I think a very so important. So she used thing, wokeness in one in one example. Yes, she used wokeness, but then also she said the defining organizational terms was a key component of our success. Mm-hmm. So calling people back to shared definitions of things, making sure that you are coming from the same starting point, because right now. Christians are not starting from the same assumptions that the world is starting with. So you need to start by defining your terms. And she said the first term in their case that they worked to define was psychological safety. Remember, we're talking with a bunch of counselors and and (laughs) physicians about trauma. That's a lofty one to start with. Well, because they were coming to board meetings and saying people are not psychologically safe when they come here to this nonprofit, they're not safe psychologically. So she's like, okay, we're gonna start with, what do we even mean when we say our our patients and our clients are not being safe or they're not being treated with safety? Mm. And she said it was a necessary first step because even challenging some of our staff's ideas was seen as, quote, violence. So being an organization dedicated to addressing trauma, we were shocked that words like causing harm and unsafe were used liberally by clinically trained individuals on our program staff to destri- describe conversations about ideas. Yeah. This was a sad result of their education in psychology through a critical theory lens. And you need to understand that from preschool all the way up through graduate school and doctorate programs, your children, our children, if they're not being homeschooled, are being programmed with these assumptions yep. that are completely not based in logic, not based in observable truth, the scientific method, and um, what, what's the word? Objective truth. They're being based in emotions, narrative, storytelling, and um, they're using words like causing harm and unsafe and violence, not because they mean the same thing that we mean when we say those words
3: but because they have power um sounds a lot like the confusion of what love means <laughs> or what judging looks like we can't ask questions anymore or, yep question asking is a big no-no yeah megan was told
2: that her comments weren't welcome on somebody else's wall because they were unsafe
1: mm-hmm. this a is question. a safe space you and me ask asking questions. questions yeah was considered uh basically a a ban from her yeah. public page I Rattney. kind of love it
0: because Megan is the resident optimist and Megan she's the also, nice one <laughs> she's the nice one and she's the one who wants to give all the like disclaimers and she wants to make sure that she's doing it with love and all of that stuff and even Megan is not allowed um, I got my hand slapped her on social favorite, media her it her, makes
1: favorite me happy. Is, or her favorite phrase is <laughs> to, be fair, fair. Yeah. to be fair to be fair here's the other side and e- it's, it's not she that balanced. I just us uh-huh. the yin well, to our yang. Yeah. Yeah. No, no,
0: I'm, I'm not being, is the word facetious? Is that a yeah, here? Yeah, I'm not yeah. being facetious. I really do mean that because oh no, yeah, there are Megan. some times where I have to introspect and like reel myself in and be like, okay, am I really doing this with the right reasons and the right intentions? Should I be more what they would call loving? And then I watch Megan get beat up and I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't work. Right, it doesn't
3: <laughs> and that's what I'm way. saying. Doesn't that is matter. what,
0: that's what more Christians
3: need oh, to have matter. experience
2: with. I think is seeing that even the really sweet, nice people are getting bowled over. It's and,
3: not the. It's it's not the tone yeah it's the message it's the truth it's yeah not the tone it's the truth that's getting under people well head. and no
1: matter how how kindly I spoke because it ended up being a private message between me and the girl that owned the page no how matter how much I I read the articles she sent me Yep, I read them line by line I read her personal <laughs> school paper you're so yep, sweet. line by line <laughs> and then I wrote back to her why I disagreed with it and why I said you know the theologian you're quoting I I definitely disagree with. And the books that you're recommending, which are national bestsellers, by the way, um, I disagree with, I find them untruthful. I think that you're believing some lies here. It, I made her feel unsafe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I'm happy to recommend the authors that I I really like. I'm happy to share um, a couple theologians that I, I happen to follow. I think that are, are biblically based. Um, they didn't want any of that. No, because and it's like okay, you're literally quoting a theologian that's been around for maybe twenty years. Yeah,
0: it's. It's hard. It I do understand. I really do. When somebody says, "Well, I feel unsafe," it's like right. anytime that beliefs are challenged, any time that somebody is um, making you feel convicted, it does feel hurtful. Like yeah. you want to kind of cry.
2: You want to kind of die. Been,
3: every single one of us at this table it, today has felt that. I have, <laughs> Megan said she Just she wanted to go. end
2: right. with something a little bit more hopeful today. We've got like four minutes or oh, so. I have some
3: good Bible verses. I wanted to end. With.
2: You you can. This okay. won't be like the absolute final word. Okay. Uh, but I. I wanted to share a quote that really helped me when I was in the middle of my anxiety slash depression and really feeling like I might be going crazy here. Like I might be the only person in the world who's ever asked these particular questions. I don't know if the physical body of a human can handle all of this. Like it felt like it was way too much emotionally and mentally to be wrestling with some of the ideas that I was wrestling with. And I found a quote. um, I can't even remember who said it. I hopefully we can find it before we publish, and maybe I can put it in the description. Um, and it's going to be kind of a paraphrase too. But it said, just like back when people believed the world was flat, they thought that there were dragons out on the you know out in the sea, and they thought that they were going to to get to the end of the earth and not be okay. They were afraid to sail because they thought the earth was flat. But but realizing that God created your mind and that He gives you the ability to ask these questions, He gives us logic he mm-hmm. gives us objective truth and the ability to discern through it mm-hmm. as a grace as a as a way to rescue us from that that panic right. and when you realize that that god gave you your mind this is the part of the quote that i'm no longer um, paraphrasing or less so you realize mm-hmm. that you can ask any question you want and you will not sail off the end of the earth mm-hmm. it's That's really good. really grounding it's really good. helpful to think in terms of yeah Questions, I even have the ability to ask questions in the first place because God gave me that ability. Mm -hmm. I'm able because of him and because of the mind that he gave me. So I don't have to be afraid of the consequences of asking those questions. And there are lots of people out there who are. They're afraid of that process. They feel very unsafe. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're going to sail right off the end of the earth. And they're not. And it's our duty and our, our joy to be able to tell them the good news, which is you're not... You're not just gonna go careening off into outer the space. The Earth is a
0: globe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you'll just go right back around. Yeah. you might ask the same question 50 times, but you're not gonna fall off. Yeah.
2: And they think people think that Christians are the superstitious ones with the with the fears and the you know the the panic that their worldview is going to come collapsing around them. It's like. Oh, no, no. Like, I'm sure there are Christians who have that panic. But right now, the people doing their best, their darndest to control the environment because they're afraid and they're Mm -hmm. unsafe and they're traumatized and words are violence
1: and silence is violence. That is not the Christians. You know what? Maybe she was right. I was I was poking holes and making her feel unsafe. I was making her beliefs unsafe because they are on on sandy ground and i was i was a tidal wave coming for yep, it. You were yep. pushing her off the edge. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So i was i i fully admit carla here on this <laughs> podcast that i i am out to get you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: with my
1: question Uh oh we broke megan (laughs) (laughs) i'm no
0: longer the optimist (laughs) we've got like one minute
2: marla do you have a bible i I want to
3: i want to share a verse about okay so it's um first john 2 uh, 15 through 17 do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world love for the father is not in them for everything in the world the lust of flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever and I think that's so telling as everyone the barrels are through the back door. Coming through. <laughs> hopefully my message is not lost on you, Carla. That this is the, that just as people can point the, the phrases of you're not being loving enough. <laughs> we are called in the Bible to not love the world or anything in it. Right.
2: Specifically the flesh.
3: Yeah, the flesh, the pride, the, pride. <laughs> the lust of the eyes. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> this this verse yesterday was very encouraging to me because I had a similar situation to what Megan had, what Megan had just described. I have had a, had, a, had a similar conversation with someone, and this was very encouraging to me. Yeah, having read it. So, if Big you go. are having those conversations, make sure you're in the Word. Make sure you're reading your bible there is encouragement there just as there is conviction there be <laughs> open to both
2: <laughs> we are playing the outro
0: music officially oh, okay so all yeah.
2: right thanks for letting us uh thanks for letting us chat with you a little bit carla yep I hope
0: this made sense
2: i think it did i
3: think <laughs> it did
0: Thanks for joining us for Just Because I Love You Day. You can find us on Facebook when you search Just Because I Love You podcast, or on MeWe in the group Four Sisters Birth and Motherhood Counseling, and on Instagram as Four Sisters, One Savior. Those
1: are numerals, not words. Four Sisters, One Savior. See you next time.